Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Something happens when an organization promotes other people's stuff. You get endless advertisements, watered-down content, and the feeling that you may or may not have just been had. But not here. Liberty Magazine is a .org. That means they promote only two things, their mission and themselves. Well, today we, with your permission, would like to do a little self-promoting. After all, we depend on you, listener, to do what we do. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, explains. Lincoln, why are our listeners and readers so very important to the mission of this magazine? Well, it's their magazine. Yeah. It's self-funded by uh, some recipients and many uh, contributors who wanted to go to some of those recipients. Yes. It's a little over 20 years since I began with Liberty Magazine, and I was well aware of it most of my life because Liberty goes back to 1906. Mm-hmm at least under its present name, and then further back under a previous name. And I always respected it for a beautifully put-together production, nice glossy paper, Mm -hmm. original artwork, uh, very often that's quite Mm leading-edge, slash expensive. Yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) But not till I became editor did I realize just what's involved with this. It's the best part of a million dollars to buy articles, to uh, have them edited, I mean, I do basic editing, but, you know, we have copy editors and so on. Designers pay the artists and and photographers, uh, then print it to have it bound, to have the labels run out, the shipping, just the postage. There's many tens of thousands of dollars per issue. Mm -hmm. And that just really impressed me when I first started. This is a big operation. Not maybe compared to the New York Times, I don't know their run, but much bigger than many magazines that are on the newsstands. We print 170,000 at the moment, every issue. And someone has to pay that. And uh, originally the Seventh-day Adventist Church started this magazine and has stuck with it. But really, other than my salary and the direct office expenses, everything that's required to make this magazine happen comes from donors. Readers, people that are impressed by what we're doing and want to help. Without them, nothing would happen. We would close down tomorrow. I feel eternally and perpetually, annually grateful that people respond so uh, willingly. You know, I could wish we had even more. I mean, if we had double the money, we'd be sending out three, four hundred thousand Liberty magazines, no question. But we're certainly making an impact. Just this last week, I was speaking to one of my contacts in California, and he'd been uh, talking to one of the California state legislators and uh, happened to share Liberty, and the legislator said, oh, I get Liberty, I read it. Mm. Fabulous magazine, he said. And so I was really impressed, this guy, but it's not the first time we've had those sort of comments. has to make an impact. Going to uh, so many legislators and mayors and lawyers and so on over so many years and dealing with increasingly uh, contentious issues that people have questions of, we're hitting the spot, I think. Mm-hmm. But every year, we try to corral the support of these sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you reinvent yourself every year. Sure. And uh, the year just finished, or the promotion just finished, it started in January of, of 2019. 
I thought we were being very clever. Our theme was strengthening the wall. <laughs> you know, a lot of talk about walls nowadays. Well, the wall we were talking about was the wall of separation yes. between church and state, yes. the protective wall yes. for religious liberty. Other than the, the implied pun on, on current discussions, mm-hmm. we really didn't get into that whatsoever. Right. But I think it, thought it was a very good time to reiterate the basic principles of religious freedom with a jumping off from, you know, from current terminology. For this coming year, what I want to promote is the idea, which is always something that we're anxious for, the idea of the involvement of the individual, mm. activists, people mm. doing something personally for religious liberty. Of course, the first thing they do is send us some money to send the magazine to somebody. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and it's only $6 a subscription. And I often tell people when I'm promoting around, I say, that, you know, it's ice cream money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even in a uh, depression, the statistics are very plain. People give themselves little luxuries and they will buy an ice cream even in the most severe oh, depression. Oh. And I hope liberty is in that same uh, vein that this is a ground zero expenditure. Mm. And of course, can be more than one subscription, you know, 10 of them, $60, still not much for the year. I want to emphasize the fact that people can do something. Again, in California, there's there's a woman, I better not share her name, but just a regular church member who saw Liberty and got a vision of something she can do. And she's now been going around to the legislators' offices, offering her help in different projects, talking up religious liberty to them. Recently, I wanted to get a letter through to one of the Supreme Court justices, and and this lady went straight to her California, one of the California congresswomen, and uh, the congresswoman sent a letter and passed on our original letter to uh, to the justice. Happy to do so. You know, there's a, there's an immediate payoff. Then I know uh, there are other church members, often and readers of Liberty Magazine, who are placed in government themselves. When I was in Las Vegas recently for a religious liberty rally, I was very excited to meet a young woman who, I forget her exact title, but she's pretty much the go-between for all the legislators for California. She's the facilitator. And the story she told of how she's able to reach out with her, the principle that she understands from liberty, and she went on and on about Liberty Magazine if it was just me personally, I get embarrassed, but I can't be embarrassed too much <laughs> about someone promoting liberty. But she did it big time, and she made no bones about how she's able to integrate what liberty presents with her important responsibilities there in government. And uh, I, I know there are other well placed people who truly believe in Liberty Magazine. Barry Black, chaplain for the U.S. Senate, mm-hmm. he was one of the first people that I profiled in liberty 20 years ago. And he's still going strong, representing the clear principles of religious freedom for all. You bring up an important point here that Liberty Magazine, while on its own, can be used by the Holy Spirit to make changes. It is in its most powerful form when it it is an educator to actual individuals who take the information they learn within the pages and apply them in their local government. Am I right saying that? Of course. Yeah. Nothing is in isolation. Not all of our listeners are church members, I hope, and I'm sure. (laughs) But within the Seventh Adventist Church, you know, we're a lot of the church activity is to present biblical spiritual truth. Liberty's a little different. 
there's a, a spiritual religious reason why we're so enthused yes. about religious liberty. Yes. But religious liberty can be presented in a theological and a historical and in a governmental societal way. And there's no question that much of what our church presents is religious. Yes. As I said, liberty may be a little different. But one thing I remember working with the, the annual promotions for one of our magazines, which was totally on biblical truth and spiritual things, Signs of the Times, mm -hmm. that every year when they looked around for testimonials of people that became church members because of it, they were very hard to find. Oh, yes. Because in almost every case, it was a combination of factors. Someone was given the magazine, they met perhaps they had a next-door neighbor, or they bumped into someone in the mall who was connected with the church, or, you know, it was, it was, it was factors, a family member, whatever. Maybe a crisis in their life opened their mind to something, and then the magazine was there, and then they went to the church. And Liberty's no different. I, you know, I love the fact that I'm, I'm privileged to produce this magazine, but a single tool by itself can't build a house. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's still, it's a very necessary tool, I think, for someone to gain some information on these issues and information that's clearly designed to uphold our particular viewpoint. Uh, there's a lot of stuff floating around about religious liberty, but as I've said on this program at the moment, much of it is misleading. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is entitlement religious liberty. A lot of it is misreadings of history where at least we can start the ball rolling. If someone reads the magazine, they'll know the principle. And I've had a lot of feedback from legislators and lawyers and so on who got the message, got the message. In fact, one of the worst, <laughs> I got a call from a, uh, a legislator up in New England, and he said, I've been reading this magazine for years. He says, I understand the principle of separation of church and state because of reading liberty. And he says, because of that, when a certain bill... Um, lifestyle issues came up. He says, our first reflex was to, you know, to restrict this. But he said, I know that that's not our business. Now, in this case, it didn't really work in a point of morality. But I think legally they were right. The government should not be in the business of making religious choices or choices made on religious morality for the population, especially against the will of the majority. You would think just religious liberty, the very title of it is, you think we're coming at this from a religious standpoint, but I like the fact that the magazine and on this program, you come at it from that historical view, from that governmental view, political view, and also the spiritual element is there, not necessarily the religious element. Am I right saying that? It's an, it's an interesting point you bring up because uh, over the years, I've had quite a large number of letters and a few phone calls from people that identify as secularists yeah. or humanists. And, uh, you know, they'll make that plain up front, but they say, we like what you're presenting. That's right. That's right. You know, that's we don't right. see it th as threatening. Right. And that criteria of religious freedom, that's what should be. And I also like to think that some of them are more attracted by religion in the correct context. Like Professor Dawkins, you know, yes. he's yes. written against religion. But I, I, over and over again, when I watch his interviews, I see that he has a certain fondness for religious expression. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and, and I think what bothered him was how religion overstepped its marks, at mm -hmm. least in the secular sphere. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, if religion is not looking far afield, it's not like the Taliban that's, you know, trying to take your kite away. Right, right. I think uh, an open-minded person, a pioneer, a writer of the Adventist Church, Ellen White, said, 
an open-minded person that's that's looking lo- wistfully or longingly to spiritual things, to heaven, they might respond. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to punch people about the face with our religious rights. We want to make it clear that this is everybody's right to believe or not believe as they are moved by conscience. You know, I have often thought that after doing these programs with you and reading the magazine and also writing for the magazine, that love does not have a denomination tacked onto it by default. Love is interdenominational. It is international. It is for everyone. You really promote love with this magazine. Well, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And true love that shows concern, not not sentiment. You know, yes. a lot of what passes yes. for love is just uh, sentimentality yeah. that can easily uh, get aggravated when yeah. it's crossed. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, libertymagazine.org is the website. Listener, you can subscribe to the magazine, read the articles, read Lincoln's blogs. There's some television programs to watch, radio programs to listen to, all at libertymagazine.org. So you can learn the principles involved in religious liberty. Libertymagazine.org. Lincoln, thank you very much for being with us today. Listener, and until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>